welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Soccer Mommy episode. This is our episode where we're going to talk about Soccer Mommy's new album, Color Theory. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to this album, we would highly suggest you do that. What we're going to do is we're basically going to go song by song through this album and just talk about elements that that we loved, if there was anything that maybe we didn't like, and just kind of the album track by track. Then at the end, we'll do a bunch of album rankings and ratings so you kind of know our overall perspective for this album. And we even have a fun segment at the end where we'll give you some other bands if you like Soccer Mommy that would be similar to Soccer Mommy as well. So, Nate, are you ready to just jump into this episode? Sure. All right. First track is called Bloodstream. All right, Andrew, Bloodstream, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the word that comes to mind with this song is just smooth. It just has a really smooth flow to the instruments. Even when it crescendos during kind of that that chorus, it's still really smooth and has a really great intentional build in that chorus as well. I really love the lyrics, and this can be said probably for most of the songs on this album, but they're really honest lyrics about Sophie, who is Soccer Mommy. It's about her struggling with depression and cutting, and I think that's very evident in the lyrics as you look through. You can kind of see her just talking about that struggle with depression and and cutting as well. And I think she, she does a really good job of unpacking those lyrics so you understand where she's coming from but also kind of her reflecting back a little bit too it's not written in such a way that it feels like she's just talking about like what happened today or yesterday that that it does feel like there's more of a looking back with clarity of where she's at now and it might be different it might be the same uh, but there's a little bit of that in the lyrics as well I really love the guitar. I'm going to put it in quotes, and you can't see me putting it in quotes, but the guitar solo at the end is really just making a lot of noise for the most part. I don't know that there's there was a ton of rhyme or reason to it, but it's a really cool way to end the song. It's almost, I take it as her putting music to her thoughts and feelings of kind of how unpredictable things can be and just how crazy things can get at times. And with depression, in general, sometimes you're not able to rationalize things out, and that's almost what it feels like the guitar solo is doing in that too. And I really think that that's a cool way, yeah, of just kind of starting this album. So, Nate, what are your thoughts on Bloodstream? Yeah, so it's definitely got that late 90s rock banger feel to it. It's incredibly catchy, but it's far more complicated when you dive deep into what Sophie's saying, which you mentioned. As you said, it's just a dark look at depression, and uh, it uses the firefly imagery of comparing happiness to a firefly that you can't catch. And I think the imagery of a firefly is very interesting because it's not just like a tiny object 
that is hard to catch and think about happiness, but it's something that fades in and fades out. Like a firefly isn't always bright. Like sometimes it isn't illuminated and it feels like impossible to see. Like fireflies almost become invisible when they're not bright. At, at nighttime at least and so i think using happiness as that type of imagery like that often you can't see it and when it does flash it only f- flickers for a moment and it's impossible to catch i just think that was very brilliant imagery and lyricism there and another example of really good lyrics is at the end of the first verse she says maybe it's just a dream i wish i could go back to sleep which is very interesting like talking about life being a dream and at least that's the way I interpret it and wanting to go back to sleep as in like when she's asleep that's where she's finding comfort and finding rest but when she's awake it feels like a nightmare it feels like a dream almost that could totally be misinterpreted but that's kind of the way I took it I thought either way it's interesting next track we have circle the drain Andrew, Circle of Drain, what are your thoughts? So, you already mentioned the late 90s vibe. I love that it is that, yeah, late 90s, which does spill into 2000s. So, if it sounds like early 2000s vibe, it's about the same. The 2000s didn't really have their own vibe till later in the decade. And I really love her music in general because of that vibe. It's something that it takes me back. It feels like it's like both familiar because it sounds like something that I've heard while still being really different because I haven't heard anything quite like that. And I really love a lot of the sound comes down to the mixture of the acoustic and the electric guitar. That acoustic guitar was much more prevalent in this type of music back then where a lot of indie music now it's either an acoustic or an electric but she does a lot of songs that it's actually both at the same time and I think that that's what helps with that kind of feel she also writes her cadences that vocally have a similar like they feel fresh but yet they still feel somewhat familiar, like something you've heard before. I don't know. Like, I think of, like, Sixpence None the Richer with her style a little bit. Almost like old Avril Lavigne, too. Like, I don't know, maybe just a little bit more of the emo side from that, too. But um, I don't know. There's so much in this song. This is an incredible song that has really strong melodies and cadences and... It also ends really beautifully and almost like soundtrack-like. The ending always kind of gets me that I really like it. I also really like the guitar tone on this song. It has kind of a watery tone to it. And what's really cool is that just fits the lyrics of Circle the Drain. It's just everything in the song works fantastically. So, Nate, what are your thoughts on Circle of the Drain? So you brought up Sixpence None of the Richer. Kiss Me, Sixpence None of the Richer. One of my favorite songs ever. And Circle of the Drain by Soccer Mommy is currently probably 
my favorite song of 2020. And I would not be surprised if it ended my year as my favorite song. I just think it's a perfect balance of being reserved and explosive. It kind of ebbs and flows from the verses to the chorus, like perfectly. And the chorus is perfect. As I was writing, I then say absolutely perfect (laughs) in my notes. Like the word perfect just came to mind so many times as I was thinking about this song. And then lyrically, the song is another description of depression. And in the pre-chorus, Sophie sings... Things feel that low sometimes, even when everything is fine, which I think highlights how depression isn't always circumstantial, which can make things even feel more hopeless because it feels like there's no way to fix how you're feeling if nothing's wrong. And so I just thought one of the beautiful things about music is that it can truly be empathetic and you can really listen to someone's story and try and feel with them and as someone who I would say has the most mild form of seasonal depression of all time and like has a normal amount of anxiety like a human like an average human amount of anxiety I don't currently experience depression to the level or extent that Sophie does and so to hear her story and to listen to her really is helpful as I think of friends or family who are suffering and hopefully songs like this will help people who are suffering from depression realize they're not alone and it could just be helpful in in some way for them. Next song we have Royal Screw Up. So, Andrew, congratulations, a song written about you. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, what are your thoughts on Royal Screw-Up? So, I want to talk about the song structure for this song. It's basically one thought throughout the whole song that's basically one section. It's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. It's not even like... I don't even know what would be the verse, chorus, and the bridge in this song. It is really just one big, long section. And it works really well, though, to leave this song as very reliant on her voice. I think she talks lyrically about this idea of basically being her own worst enemy and kind of being in her own head, feeling captive in her own mind. And I feel like that works perfect with this song structure that it's basically just feels like it's one long thought. It's it's her kind of talking in her head throughout the song. And I really love how open and honest she is lyrically on this entire album. She really does a great job of writing lyrics that for the most part you can understand and relate to. And she's just very open and vulnerable. So, Nate, what are your thoughts on this song? Yeah, so uh, the first time listening to this song, I was really hoping and anticipating that more instruments would come in to eventually join the acoustic. And I was happy when that happened. But what's brilliant about the sparsity in that first portion is that you have the acoustic, but really it's her voice. And you can't avoid the lyrics. There's no way of listening to that and not listening to every word she says and all of her songs even though she doesn't use that strategy in all of her music but all of her songs 
beg you to listen to her words because everything she's saying feels important and feels thought through and feels worthy of being heard, I would say. I think the title Royal Screw Up obviously has a double meaning with all the princess imagery and royal imagery, but also how royal screw up is like an epic screw up. And so there's like the double meaning with that. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, royalty is like a large high status that people use to, like, boast about how great they are. And she's doing the absolute inverse and opposite of that, saying, yes, I am great. I'm great at being terrible. I'm great at being the worst. I'm great at being my own worst enemy, like you said, which I think is interesting as well, just kind of turning that royal imagery on its head. When we talk about enjoying lines or liking lines, that obviously doesn't mean that we like are happy that she has to say them. <laughs> I just I think that's obvious, but I just wanted to get that out there. My favorite lines on this are I'll be the dragon, I'll hold me captive. My world is sinking, I am the captain of it all. And especially I'll be the dragon, I'll hold me captive. I think it's such like cool, well thought out imagery of what it's like to restrict yourself from freedom and restrict yourself from having like healthy thoughts and stuff and how I just watched Shrek and I know that that's such a a funny, silly movie, but I'm just kind of picturing like if that dragon wasn't there, Fiona could have just left the castle. And if you are the, if Fiona was the dragon or had control over the dragon, let's say just for the sake of the argument, like obviously why wouldn't she just make the dragon leave and walk out? That's the beauty of the lyrics. Like, it's so simple to have freedom, and yet it's so difficult when you're in your own head like that. And so, yeah, I just think genius writing here. Next track, we have Night Swimming. Okay, Andrew, Night Swimming, what are your thoughts? So I didn't mention in the last song how much I like the orchestral elements in that song, but this song is a great song to draw attention to some of those elements as well. I think they work really well in this song. I really love the reverb on her voice. She has a really smooth voice that almost adds reverb just naturally, like directly into the mic, but... When they use reverb in this album, it feels very tasteful. It doesn't feel like they're covering up her voice. It feels like they're just trying to kind of add a vibe and, and it's very intentional. There's also basically this like really intentional cut of the instruments towards the end that sounds like the track cuts out accidentally, but it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's very different and made me question kind of if something went wrong with my speakers for a bit until I listened a few times but it's a really cool song. Nate, what are your thoughts on Night Swimming? Yeah, so when I listened carefully on my headphones, I noticed that there's all these little voices in the background, and I began to notice there's a ton of interesting, tiny little production touches throughout this song. Focusing on the themes combined with the song itself, despite there being, again, heavy lyrics, 
this time, this is the first time she talks about somebody else, kind of, and it talks about a failed relationship. And despite being so dark and being so melancholy thematically, it's a truly beautiful song. It's so simple, raw, honest, and I think it's so subtle, the beauty in this song sometimes, that listeners can miss it if they don't listen carefully and thoughtfully. And I'm not trying to be like, hey, I listen carefully and thoughtfully, if and I like it, so if you don't like it, that means you're not listening carefully and thoughtfully. That's not what I'm saying. I think what I'm saying is, when I first listened to this song, I thought it felt kind of blah. I felt it felt kind of boring. It didn't feel like much was there. But when I actually listened to what was there, I was blown away by its beauty and it was incredible. And it's definitely worth the focus it takes to enjoy the song and to give the song time to, no pun intended, sink in. Okay, Andrew, we are almost halfway through. Well, we are halfway through once the song's over. But next up is Crawling in My Skin. Andrew crawling in my skin what are your thoughts so when I see the song title every single time I can't help but think of Linkin Park's song crawling and I think what's what's interesting with that is that it takes me back to the first time I heard that song which would be early 2000s which is about the same time frame that her music's in that late 90s early 2000s kind of vibe and so I think it's really interesting and I know this is probably not intentional but I still think it's it's just for me it's a cool part of this album is that like everything seems to point back to that same time frame even this title that brings me back to a completely different band but that still has kind of that same time frame or or kind of time period uh, stamped in their music that I think that that's just a cool, cool little side thing. So this is one of her more upbeat tracks on the album. And even saying upbeat feels sometimes weird to call something upbeat, but I really, really love the guitar work on this song. It's some of my favorite guitar work on the whole album How the two guitars carry the lead line separately is perfect. So just listen. There's there's actually basically three guitars that are pretty prevalent in that whole lead line that are happening. And it's really cool. Each each track on this album has been really different so far, but she still is able to stay within her style, within her vibe and uh changes things up every single song and so this is to me one of the one of the cooler tracks um so far too so i really like it nate what are your thoughts on this song so we have very similar thoughts before i explain my thoughts uh one thing i noted this is the most everything feels better now song i have ever heard yeah besides obviously the songs on everything feels better now which is, for those who don't know, an album by From Indian Lakes. Do you hear that with yeah. the the riff? Yep. It's, and it's not really during the verses as much, but um, that in, intro riff that comes back into the chorus, like 
I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds so much like everything feels better now. I wonder if I could articulate it a lot clearer, like like which song it reminds me of from Everything Feels Better Now or whatever. But regardless, it sounds so much like that album to me. And um, the song's just so catchy. It's easily one of my favorite songs on the record. And uh, this is where I'm going to echo what you said. I think Sophie's greatest strength is her ability to combine sad or dark lyrics with all different types of songs and make it all fit together perfectly. So like overall, all these songs for the most part have been talking about the same thing. And yet every song has been different. Every song has had its own feel, style, vocal delivery, cadence work, everything has been very unique, very different. And yet the substance matter, substance matter, is still fairly similar. And so I think it's so cool, her ability to repackage these ideas or further dive into these ideas with new ways instrumentally. All right, uh, the sixth track is Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes. Andrew what are your thoughts so I think the song is so so cool it has a ton to talk about so I'm gonna try and keep it short so the beginning guitar is perfect and haunting the chord structure and vibe of this song is so freaking cool she really takes her time with the song musically and lyrically and you can obviously tell that just by looking at the 7 minutes and 15 second runtime. It is by far the longest track on this album. I think what's really cool is that it's that long without ever feeling like it. it is too long. It, it never feels like it's dragging or anything like that. I really, really love the outro as well. So it changes up pretty good for the outro section for maybe the last minute or so the whole feel of the lyrics melody uh the chords and even the guitar solo make for just the perfect ending for the song i really i don't know this is just it's a really 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 solid track so nate what are your thoughts on this song yeah similarly i was gonna say despite being such a long song it feels really quick when I listen, I never feel like, wow, this is a long song or this clearly feels a lot longer than the others. I just listen and eventually it's over and I'm not feeling like, wow, that was a long song. I think this was the second single and uh, it seems to be addressing, well, it doesn't seem to be addressing, it is addressing uh, Sophie's mom and kind of processing her her battle with cancer um, as Sophie's on the road and far away. And it's a powerful track in that regard. And for me, just from a music standpoint, the chorus is my favorite part. I just love her melodies. I think they're so pretty and so beautiful. And I think she does, does a great job overall on this song. All right, track seven, Up the Walls.
Andrew, up the walls. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so this is much more short and concise than most of her songs on this album. And I think it's nice, even though, again, 7 minutes and 15 seconds, it didn't feel long. It still is nice after a really long song to have more short and concise. I really think the acoustic guitar stands out to me on this song. It just sounds really really good and I don't feel like I have as much to talk about on this but that doesn't mean that there's not much there it just it just feels like it's really kind of maybe on the easier end to understand and and so there's not as much that I wrote down that stood out to me but it's a really great song Nate what are your thoughts on this song yeah so I feel like for me this might be the prettiest song on the album like I know where words like pretty beautiful like they all have their subtle differences but by pretty i think i mean like on the lighter end like it's very soft and light but it's still very pretty without fail the lyrics are on the darker ends i think the line that sticks out to me the most is the first line in the chorus where she sings because no one's really gonna know me like you did when we were young and That line on its own, independent of any other line in the song, tells a long and detailed story. And that's incredible songwriting to me. When little words tell great messages or long messages, large messages. And um, it's just such a powerful line. And uh, it just gets me every time. All right. The next track is Lucy. So this is the first single for this album, and I think it is an interesting first single for the album. It does work really well. I just feel like there's other ones that I would have been like, oh, yeah, like this would maybe show off the album more. I, I, I'm i thinking more specifically Circle the Drain just feels like the first single that you'd release that it's like really catchy, really fun. Um, but Lucy has some of those elements as well. I really love how she layers the guitars on this whole album and this song specifically. The intro is a perfect example of how great she is at that. So if you want just to understand what I'm talking about with with guitar layering, just listen to that intro and you should be able to get a good feel for what I mean by layering guitars. Also, I really love the lyrics on this song. I usually try to leave lyrics to Nate, but I just feel like it's like a huge part of the song that I'll just mention some of the things that stuck out to me. So it seems like she's talking about a relationship with someone but it's actually her relationship with satan in the song so i think she's actually using the name lucy is short for lucifer and it's almost basically her talking to and about the relationship with feeling kind of attracted to the things that satan's presenting and it feels like she's almost being like seduced by satan through the song but then there's also her own pushback from that in the lyrics as well so some of my favorite lyrics on this are the face of an angel with the heart of something less nice 
And I think it's almost comical, that last line of, like, something less nice. She's putting it just very mildly, but I think that it's, I don't know, it, it's just, it's really cool. That's kind of how I interpreted the lyrics. Um, at first, I was a little bit confused by how hard it seemed like she was coming after this person named Lucy. Uh, but I do think that she is kind of using that as, as a term for Lucifer or Satan. So it made more sense, at least when I thought through it that way, Nate can fix my mistakes then (laughs) here. But, uh, I think there's a lot there lyrically and it's a really, really awesome song. So Nate, what did I miss? What can you add about Lucy? Well, so let me just give some background for me, like the story of, kind of how I got into this album or at least got excited for the release. So I first discovered Soccer Mommy before Clean was released. Um, I was in love with her track, Allison, which anybody who hasn't listened, you should go listen to that. It's one of the most beautiful songs. She released Clean. It had some killer tracks like Your Dog, um, some great tracks. But overall, especially towards the end of the album, It felt like it kind of tailed off in its quality for me, and I didn't love the entire album. And so I was excited for Color Theory, but also I wasn't thinking, oh, this is definitely going to be a slam dunk, like this is definitely going to be incredible. And so after Lucy came out, and I think after Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes came out, I was talking to my friend Kevin, and I was saying hey, what do you think about the Soccer Mommy songs? And he added that part about Lucy. I only listened to each song like once, and I wasn't that excited. And he pointed out what you brought up, Andrew, the whole Lucy Lucifer thing, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And I was like, that is so sick. And it really made me dive into the lyrics. And... Um, I'm so happy that that made me excited for the album and um, she threw and through with each track wrote quality lyrics. Yeah, I kind of comparing my analysis to Andrew's, I kind of feel like she's writing the song basically describing how the devil is seducing her, like how he's like almost like a love interest. And uh, my favorite and I'm this is a problem when you have great lyricists too. I feel like I need to share like a whole section, but my favorite section is succumbing to evil. I thought I could never be. I look in the mirror and the darkness looks back at me. I can't help the feeling that irks me that I'm falling down from heaven through earth to hellfire to wear his crown. I mean, gosh, dang, like gee, dang it. As the uh, Nietzsche video would uh, say. Anyways, those lyrics, that chunk right there, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but like, have I read better lyrics? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) Like, that's how quality her lyrics are throughout this album and how incredible of a lyricist she is. And then the song's just catchy, too. And it's funny, like, I was thinking about it. This feels like one of her, and you brought it up with a less nice thing or not as nice line. This almost feels like a not serious song (laughs) in comparison to how heavy and dark her other tracks are. But I do just think she's presenting this dark idea in a more comedic and interesting way to get her point across. Like, it's just as heavy, just as dark as the other song. She just presents it in a less dark way, I think. 
All right, uh, the second to last song we have Stain. Okay, Andrew, Stain, what are your thoughts? So this might be the most simplistic song on the album. Musically, it's beautiful and amazing all the same, but it's really just focusing on her voice and the guitar. There's some smaller elements kind of in the background, but uh, similar to Up the Walls, I don't have too much else to add, but I think this is a really, really great song. From the placement, I would say that that feels very strong, that like going into... The, gray light just having a very simplistic song right after lucy and right before gray light it fits perfectly uh from a flow standpoint with the album so nate what are your thoughts on stain so you want to know what i think the stain is where it's from it's from the vomit on her sweater mom spaghetti i (laughs) so you weren't gonna do a stained reference from the band stain that came out no uh, similar time but you're still going still going similar time frame no but and you want to know why because that that's i mean it's not the same yeah do you hear that yeah i do hear that like this song, Stain, reminds me so much of Lose Yourself. And then I just thought of the uh, the stain with the vomit on his sweater already, Mom Spaghetti. Anyways, so yeah, I, I'm at a point right now where I still can't get the Lose Yourself comparisons out of my head. And it's really hard for me to know on whether I like the song or not because of the comparisons and how simple it is. And I really need to give this a lot more time. It's my at this point my least favorite song, but I think the lyrics are really interesting and she's just basically saying that she f- always feels stained and impure and less than and that's something that's never going to go away and that it's hopeless of her removing that stain. It's like a match that's been burned down. It's time's already run out to change or to become better or to become pure or whatever. And so I think lyrically it's a very interesting song and again, really well-written lyrics and she does a great job with that. Our last track is called Gray Light. Okay, Andrew, Grey Light, last track. What are your thoughts? Yeah, wow, this song is awesome. It's a great, great, beautiful end to an incredible album. I love how the song builds, and and it keeps adding some really weird production elements in. I would say, namely, there's a huge record scratch towards the end that just changes things drastically after that. I think the strength of the song is the production, and I think that there's just so much to like in the song. It's a really, really solid ending to the whole album, and I think what's cool is, again, last song, she's kind of adding some really cool production elements just to close everything up, and I think that's awesome. 
So, Nate, what are your thoughts on Grey Light? Yeah, so this for me, and I think it's, you obviously listen to it in light of all the other tracks. For me, it's the saddest song on the album. The chorus is, I can't lose it, the feeling I'm going down. I can't lose it, I'm watching my mother drown. And I think those lyrics are the perfect combination of combining Sophie's struggles with depression with the fear or almost inevitability, it seems, of losing her mom to cancer. And she combines those ideas perfectly on in the chorus. And it's just it's just very heartbreaking and very tough to listen to. And then, yeah, just from a music standpoint or an overall non-lyric standpoint, I have to agree with you. What I wrote down was all about the production and how I think on the surface it appears to be an extremely simple song, but there's so many production elements that keeps it extremely interesting and also helps make the song as beautiful as it is. I think the production is extremely core to how quality this song is. All right. So that's all 10 tracks from Soccer Mommy's Color Theory. Now we're going to get into our ratings where we have five sections. Our first section is instrumentals or instrumentation. Second section is vocals. Third section is lyrics. Our fourth section is journey, which is basically how does the track listing work together? How long is the overall album? Does everything flow and work well together? And then fifth, we have our package, which is essentially how's the album wrapped up? What's the outline of it what's the production what's the album artwork even things like album name track names just a little exterior stuff that really helps make the final touches to the album so andrew what are your thoughts on the instrumentation so i gave instrumentation a nine out of ten i think she nails the vibe that she's going for and there's so much there from a layering and a production standpoint that she does with the instrumentation. The reason it's maybe not 10 out of 10 is that there's not too many times that you're like blown away from like, oh, wow, that's something I've never heard before. Or like it's like jarring or really different. But I think exactly what she's going for is what she nails. So, again, 9 out of 10, that's an A. She did she did a great job. So, Nate, what would you give instrumentation? Yeah, so I gave it a nine as well, and actually for the exact same reasons. Basically, every part of this album is extremely solid instrumentally, and she creates so many diverse moods and does such an incredible job with writing different songs. But I would say, like you said, there is very few draw-dropping moments. Like, that top-tier, wow, this is mind-blowing absolutely incredible it was like you said nothing's wrong with it high quality but it's not like masterpiece type stuff which is no that's not a bad thing in any regards we're really picking hairs with that but um but yeah it just means that we trust that she can get better on other albums that we believe that she is so good yet still has areas to grow in too All right, so next we have vocals. So for vocals, I gave that 9.5. I actually think her vocals are more solid, have less room to grow. There is basically absolutely nothing wrong with her uh, vocals, so I'm getting really picky going 0.5 instead of just 10. But I'd still like to see her expand what she does on the album that I think 
there's times maybe that she could try to really push her voice up and in, into her higher register and and uh, and really project even more or something. I think there's times that she knows exactly her limitations and she usually stays within those limitations from what I can tell. But I really love to see on maybe her next album to get to that 10 out of 10, see her push herself past her comfort zone and her limitations and see if she can do something that would just be incredible but yeah 9.5 out of 10 her vocals are fantastic on this album so nate what do you give vocals so i give it a nine for the same reason i gave instrumentals a nine i do think there is one picture for me of what her vocals could be in the sense of melody and it's the chorus of circle the dream where i listen to that and i go this is perfect like her melodies are just spot on, beautiful, catchy, everything like throughout the whole track. And so I think that's peak soccer mommy. And like you said, I think she can go there. I just don't think she consistently gets there. And that doesn't mean every song has to be like circle the dream, but I'm not equally as impressed regardless of the style uh, that she sings in um, as I am with circle of dream. Okay, next we have lyrics. Uh, What's your rating for the lyrics, Andrew? So I gave that a 9.5 as well. I think she has some of the most open and vulnerable and honest lyrics. And for the most part, they're very very easy to understand by looking at them and, and reading them and trying to understand them. It's not like maybe pop lyrics that you know it just by listening without any thought there's more depth to it than that which is why it's a higher score but at the same time reason i didn't give it 10 i still feel like she might be able to improve uh from a lyrical standpoint maybe being able to diversify a little bit more or maybe even just having lyrics that that feel yeah just having having different lyrics that feel like she's able to explore different things this album feels like it's kind of a concept album from just talking a lot about depression anxiety fearful for her mom kind of some of those types of themes do show up a whole lot so i'm more interested to see maybe if she can expand on some of what she's able to write lyrically past this concept so it's really really solid lyrics though Nate, what do you give lyrics? Yeah, so I gave these lyrics a 10 out of 10. I think I agree with you. She can improve. Like, when we give a 10, that doesn't mean, like, it's actual perfection. Obviously, like, that's unattainable, and everybody can grow. Everybody can improve. But I think, yeah, it is a concept album with color theory and how the colors that she she references a lot of colors throughout the album, how they relate to feelings she has or emotions she has or even like visual pictures she has. And um, that kind of ties everything together with her depression and relationship struggles and the potential passing of her mom as she's dealing with cancer. And every song is high quality lyrics like every song for me basically is top notch and i don't know i think being a lyricist is her her biggest strength yeah and i don't i obviously i think she's a great musician i think she's a great songwriter but her lyrics are her strongest asset in my mind Hi. Next, we have the journey. What are your uh, what's your rating for the journey, Andrew? So for the journey, I gave that a nine point five as well. You'll notice that 
basically I'm just leaving a little room that I feel like she might be able to to go a little bit better. But the whole album flows really, really well. The length feels about right. If anything, I would, I mean, it's 10 songs. You could do more. I don't think it feels like it's too short, but it definitely doesn't feel like it's too long. So I wouldn't mind more, especially because it's such an incredible album. You could always use more, but I think it's a really solid album from all three standpoints the flow consistency and length that there's no bad songs on the album that speaks to consistency the flow is perfect in and out of these tracks as well and the length feels right so 9.5 nate what do you give the journey yeah so i gave it a 9.5 as well i think the only minor flaw for me is stain and how as a second to last track it kind of halts for me right now. It kind of, it doesn't settle into gray light or transition into it that well. I think it's the one flaw in the track listing where it slows things down and doesn't help the album to flow. I think initially Royal Screw Up and Night Swimming back to back kind of felt a little slow, but I'm perfectly fine with that. And what I love, so what I didn't like about Clean is that The second half of the record, especially the latter half of the second half, is it was just slow song, slow song, slow song. Like she had her fast songs up front, her slow songs in the back, and it just didn't flow well. Here, she alternates where you have yellow as the color of her eyes to up the walls and then Lucy. You don't have royal screw up, night swimming, up the walls and then stain back to back to back to back. You you flow them within the rest of the tracks. And so um, I just thought her track placement was overall really strong, just that one weakness with stain. But I think that's more of a song problem that has a negative effect on the the album. Sorry for ranting. Okay, Andrew, last we have package. What are your what's your rating? So for the package, I gave that a nine out of ten. I think it's really really good production and I like the album artwork and it definitely feels of that same time frame that her music does so I I think it fits that there's just something about the artwork that I feel like I want a little bit more from it I don't know it totally fits the vibe and I I can't really explain what I want more from it but um but I just feel like I don't know uh, compared to some other album artworks that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, like, perfect for the album. I would have liked to see some other options, maybe something something different. I don't know. Um, it feels good for the album. It just feels like maybe there'd be – if I was going to pick on something, it'd probably be the album artwork. But production is incredible. And, yeah, 9 out of 10, still a really solid score. It's not like the album artwork's bad. I just feel like it maybe could be better. So, Nate, what do you give the package? Yeah, so I give the package a 10 out of 10. I think the production is essentially perfect, where every use of either simplistic measures or more complicated means, whether she adds an effect or doesn't, it's all extremely calculated and well used. I feel like you can tell everything has been extremely well thought through and the production is definitely used to her advantage throughout the whole album and then yeah i love the album artwork i think i love the like backgrounds where it's it's those like lines or it's maybe not the background it kind of goes over her head there too like 
those lines that come in like graph paper almost um i love that it's like a video game cartridge um like one or two players at once i find it so funny it has like an important before using the music carefully read the consumer information and precautions booklet like that's hilarious um batteries not included i just think it's so clever and so like it's funny it's like it's like past futuristic it's like futuristic from the 90s standpoint which is so ironic with her actually making the music and making the album now yeah i love everything about the production and the album artwork so that gives our score where andrew has a 46.5 out of 50 i have a 47.5 out of 50 that means we come out to a 94 out of 100 which we just like to simplify to a 9.4 out of 10 which I just want to talk briefly about our album scores, our, our rankings, or ratings, whatever you want to call them. Those who are consistent listeners are going to be like, man, they give everything like a high eight or a nine or whatever. And it's like, yes, we do. You want to know why? Because we only review albums that we really enjoy. <laughs> and so it might be kind of annoying where it's like, damn, another 9.1 or another whatever. But it's like... The reason why we rank things so high is not because we're just softies that give good scores to everything. It's that the albums that we would rank a seven or a four or even like a a low eight, like they're just not good enough for us to want to review them. Or the whole point of the podcast is to review and share music we love. And so why review an album that we don't love if that's our mission and so if anybody's frustrated by our high scores we just want to let you know that's why and also we only review like last year we reviewed like a little over 12 albums or something maybe like 14 or i don't know in that ballpark so it makes sense that there's 12 to 15 albums in a year that you would give around a nine or whatever it's not we haven't given out a single 10 i don't think anything's been over a 9.5 yet but yeah i just wanted to that's kind of been bothering me thinking about people's and i'm sure probably nobody's thinking that and i've just wasted two minutes of your time but i just wanted to share that all right as we are ending this episode we just wanted to take some time to talk about our favorite song on the album so nate what is your favorite song on this album uh for me it's pretty easy it's circle the dream i think it it's the perfect combination of beautiful melodies, extremely catchy, dark and sad lyrics. Basically, everything Sophie does, she does to the best of her ability, I feel like, on this song. And it's a banger. It's one of those things that no matter where the album goes with me, like, who knows, maybe... 15 years from now, I will be listening to this album. Maybe I won't be, but I can guarantee you I'll be listening to that song. And so it's just that incredible of a song where, yeah. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, so for me at Circle the Drain as well, this is giving me just vibes of when we did The Japanese House. And for me, it was maybe you're the reason that I go, I love that like all of Japanese house album, 
but that song still stood out to me as like to me the easy choice as like they're all really really good if not all great and this is great to really great it's just like feels like it's on the next kind of level up and again it's the exact same thought that i have with circle the drain here that just it's an incredible album all of it but for some reason that song just feels extra special and it feels like it's the song that like you said no matter when i go back to this album i'm always going to be super pumped to listen to that song even if for some reason i get old and boring and don't like this style anymore whatever i I think i'm always going to like that song and uh yeah so that's uh both of our choice i wish we could have more fun things to say or other songs but please let us know your favorite song you might differ from us again there's so many great songs on this album so please let us know your favorite song let us know why we're wrong and you're right for choosing a different song besides circle the drain or let us know why we're right if you agree that it's circle the drain so let's move into our last segment for the episode. This is called Fish in the Sea. So there's a lot of fish in the sea, meaning there's a lot of bands out there and a lot of bands doing different things, a lot of bands that you maybe have heard of, maybe some bands that you haven't heard of. Uh, for me with Soccer Mommy, this is my first full-length album that I've listened to of hers, so I still need to go back. But this album is so good, it's probably going to be in my top 10 for the year. I just I freaking love the album. And so for me, I go, hey, are there other albums like this album? Are there other artists like Soccer Mommy that maybe I have heard of or haven't heard of that are really awesome and should be talked about? So that's this segment. So we're each just going to mention an artist or two if we have more that we think might be similar to Soccer Mommy or think that if you like Soccer Mommy, you're going to like these artists. How we find these artists is we just go on to Spotify and we look at the artists that fans also like and uh, and we pick from that list as well. And so I'll kind of let Nate give any caveat he has to for this one specifically uh, from a previous conversation we had. But Nate, you want to start us out with your fish in the sea? Yeah, sure. So uh, what Andrew was referring to with our past conversation is with all the bands we've done this for so far, I've been able to find a band that or an artist that I didn't know or haven't heard of. But I think I'm so into this scene that Soccer Mommy's into that I've heard literally every single one of the artists on the For Fans Of page. So I'm just going with bands that I like already that sounds kind of similar to Soccer Mommy. So the first is uh, Snail Mail and her album Lush. Um, I think she has the most Soccer Mommy sounding sound. And I liked Lush, but I didn't love it. And I'm really excited to see what Snail Mail does for her next um, album. I think she has a lot of potential and I could end up really loving her next album. And actually, the problem with her album was that it kind of slowed off, which I said was a strength of color theory where it doesn't do that. And um, the other band I chose, which I need to listen to this album more, um, but I liked it when it came out, was Girl Pool's What Chaos Is Imaginary. Uh, yeah, I think they have a really cool sound. Um, they're a little bit, 
I don't want to say rockier. There's probably less production elements and more just sticking to the instrumentals for Girlpool that um, I think distinguishes them a bit. And then there's also two vocalists. And they, their voices are definitely different, so they kind of play off each other too. So it's a totally different dynamic with them compared to uh, Soccer Mommy, where it's just uh, Sophie Allison. All right, Andrew, what are your fish in the sea? Yeah, so I only have one. Similar to Nate, I think I knew all but maybe four of the bands. Now, just because I knew them doesn't mean that I'm huge fans of everyone or have listened a bunch to everyone. So this is a band that I've heard of and never listened to. So they're called Japanese Breakfast, and uh, I've heard the name. I couldn't have told you what they sounded like exactly even. And I would say it's a pretty... I don't know. It's it's that like pop indie feel good. Like if you like Soccer Mommy, you're going to like Japanese Breakfast. It's a similar enough style maybe. I would say Japanese Breakfast might be a little poppier than Soccer Mommy even. But um, but yeah, I listened to the album Soft Sounds from Another Planet. And I think it's a really good album. I haven't listened to it enough to be like, oh, this is insanely good or anything like that. But I thought it was really solid. So uh, if you haven't heard of or you have heard of Japanese Breakfast but haven't listened to them, uh, just check out – I it might just be a girl. I don't actually know much at all about Japanese Breakfast, but it's a good album. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to find us and stay involved in all that we're doing on the podcast, make sure that you first of all subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you will, so you don't miss our other episodes when we end up posting those. You can also find us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at LDLpod. You can also email us at listening at gmail.com. Com. Email is a hopping new thing that the kids love to use and do. And so we just want to keep up with the coolest, newest social media. And so if you haven't heard of email, um, maybe just, just figure out what email is and, and then email us at listening at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you on that cool, new, and totally fresh platform. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day. that boulder that's a nice boulder